Welcome into the first ever episode of Gardo Sports Talk for college students at St. Bonaventure University who debate and yell at each other and say mean things to each other when we talk sports. Be right back after this song and we're going to get right into Super Bowl 54 where the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in 50 years thanks to a collapse by Kyle Shanahan. Stay tuned. I said, girl, why you keep calling? I said, girl, why you keep calling? Yeah. She said, I need a new whip. Yeah, cause I know that you're still balling. She just wanna go back to the future, so I brought that girl a DeLorean. 21 minutes until I gotta go, so I told that girl I'm gonna slaughter it. Yeah, I am not slow, 
don't you want me? Cause I got the dope. Pass that girl right on my freaking clothes. He passed me Humphrey, so they switching roles. Welcome back in Nugardo Sports Talk. I am joined for the first ever episode with Sam Floyd. He is a Patriots fan, a LeBron fan, and a not-so-Yankee fan, but it is what it is. We got Alex Sarasolo, a Steph Curry fan, a Cowboys fan, and he doesn't give a shit about baseball. I lied. He's a Dodgers fan. Okay. Jeff Falco, Knicks fan, Colts fan, and I guess a Yankees fan, and I, Nick Roloff, Patriots fan, Heat fan, and Mets fan, very random, but it is what it is. Super Bowl 54 was last night. Kyle Shanahan blew a lead to Patrick Mahomes. 31-20 was the score for the first Super Bowl won by the Chiefs in 50 years. Jeff, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Dude, what is that, like the second time he's won a Super Bowl? 28-3. 28-3 in, against the Patriots, and then on this one, he just, what, he allowed, what, 18 points in the final six minutes of regulation? Yeah, 21 to 0 was the fourth quarter box score. And Pat Holmes played bad himself. I mean, he had two interceptions, two fumbles that were, you know, not recovered, but, you know, he still lost the fumble at that one point. Um, you know, I, I'm really glad that Pat Holmes won, though. I mean, he deserves it after, you know, after what happened through last year with D Ford jumping off sides and, you know, causing the Patriots to advance, you know, off a play that should have happened. Uh, now that D Ford's gone, he actually was on the Niners and they beat him. Uh, it's good for Pat Mahomes. His legacy is just getting started. Three years in, he has three of the most powered accomplishments in the NFL, winning an MVP, a Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah, definitely impressive from Patrick Mahomes. He's uh, starting his run to the uh, for the GOAT. Uh, I'm also happy for Andy Reid, too. He's been in uh, the league for a couple of decades, and he finally won. Um, but... Uh, disappointing. I was rooting for the 49ers, and it feels like they kind of almost lost it more than they won it. But um, I just didn't like the game plan, I guess, by Kyle Shanahan, who uh, is infamous for choking in the Super Bowl. Um, just definitely, definitely a great game, though. Good comeback. Um, honestly, I thought... Uh, Damian Williams had a, a shot for Super Bowl MVP there, even though Patrick Mahomes clearly was the best player on the field. But uh, definitely a good Super Bowl. Honestly, uh, I just cannot believe the Niners lost that game. Getting up 20-10, to 10, and seven minutes left in the game, they were winning the whole game. The defense owned the whole game, and seven minutes Mahomes wins the game. I, I don't know. He's pretty spectacular, I must say. I think he's, he's got a shot to become something. More than what we think. Yeah, and I just don't see how Kyle Shannon keeps blowing big games. Honestly, I think the Niners are a young team, though. I mean, since third year as their head coach, Jimmy G is just getting started. Their defense, all young on rookie contracts. I I see them being a favorite in the NFC again. I mean, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have something to say about that, but we'll see. We'll see. Right, there's a Cowboys fan for you. But uh, I have to ask you a question, Jeff, because I want to get your opinion on this. On When they had a 10-point lead with about 10 minutes left, they kind of tried to go with the play-action play, uh, plays with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the run had a lot of success. Would you have stuck with the run or went with Kyle Shannon's plan of trying to fool the defense and go play-action passes? See, it's always good to fool the defense, you know, especially like someone as smart as like you know Andy Reid's defense. Problem is though, is their front seven so weak? Chris Jones, obviously the most highlighted player on that defense. Charles Suggs, thirty-eight years old, he still generates pressure here and there. 
but it's just their front seven as a whole would not be able to stop that run. Also, on top of that, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in the shotgun a lot. He's not good in the shotgun. He's really good under center. Like if you want, if you want Jimmy Garoppolo to win win you games, play him under center. Playing shotgun will. I just I think his up tempo, you know, it really revolves around you know under center. And, uh, you know, those reverses they played, too. Those reverses really got the Chiefs. They ran them a little bit too much, though, where the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs caught on. I think it was, like, the third quarter. They tried to run it, lost, like, two yards or something like that. It, you know, I do like the creativeness of them. But, um, yeah, no, they definitely played a little too conservative, and they ch- kind of got Jimmy G out of his groove. Now, Chris Jones, I actually thought, played maybe – I mean, it's not going to be looked at in the box score as no defensive player ever gets any recognition in the box score. But he had two or three of the most important plays of the game. I don't know if you guys can recall from last night uh, the b- couple bad passes he had. Both of those batted passes came on third down where Jimmy G had an actual open wide receiver open over the middle and would have converted the first down, obviously burning more clock. And one specifically when they were up 2017, they had a first down on third down. Chris Jones bats the ball back. They're forced to punt. And Pat Mahomes goes down the field and scores a touchdown. Give them the 24-20 lead. Chris Jones making those couple batted down passes were arguably the most important plays in the game because it would have never gave Patrick Mahomes a chance to get the ball back and take the lead. Yeah, no, for sure. Chris Jones, I was talking to Sam about that. Uh, you can even ask him. Chris Jones was just knocking down all, you know, a bunch of passes. He was creating a bunch of pressure. You know, in the box score, it only says that he has you know, like two ta- two total tackles. But he was so, like, you know, impactful throughout the whole entire game. He was generating so much pressure up front on, um, on the 49ers you know, line. The 49ers line has been, you know, really, 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 really good. Uh, Mike Lynch, he comes back after week 10. Joe Staley, you know, Hurt also comes back. They, you know, they have Weston Richburg up front, you know, holding down the center position. They had a great offensive line. And, you know, um, I think Derek, Derek Jones, I think Chris Jones uh, disrupted that. Definitely, uh, definitely got Weston Richburg off his, uh, off his, uh, oh, tempo, yeah, his game or something like that. I don't know, something like that, uh. Chris Jones, definitely, he's a free agent this year for the Chiefs. Him and Kendall Fuller, I believe, are the two most, you know, prioritized free agents. They better resign Chris Jones. It doesn't matter. You could probably find a corner in the draft or how deep it is. I'm keeping Chris Jones no matter what. He is the centerpiece of that defense. And Tyron Matthew helps helps along in the, you know, in the secondary. But Chris Jones is their main guy to, like, you know, that holds that defense together. A couple things from the game I noticed, uh, there's a couple penalties. Um, the one on George Kittle at the end of the half, I thought was, I don't know, I just didn't agree with it. Um, another one was uh, Kelsey, I thought, got away with the hold um, on a pass that ended up scoring. Um, I, just, I think those were two huge plays that would have affected the outcome of the game completely. And then I know that the the missed throw by Jimmy G, was that was bad. That could have been huge. Um, would have made the game a lot better. But... Um, other than that, it was a very entertaining game. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes with another comeback. Uh, incredible, honestly. I just wanted to say to you, Jeff, um, what do you think about how Richard Sherman played? Because, honestly, he just didn't look good at all. Like, like Richard Sherman, obviously, you know, all-pro corner this year. Lockdown, he won his deal with the 49ers that he wasn't guaranteed much, $3 million in incentives, and he came out and balled out, played like he was on the Legion of Boom all over again. 
I think also it was the reason that he wanted to get revenge on the Seahawks. He wanted to play him twice a year. And also he saw something in the Niners of how talented they were. Hey, they they've loaded up on draft picks over the last five years, you know, drafting, you know, DeForest Buckner and Ark Armstead, Salma Thomas, rotational player here and there, Fred Warner, you know, all those draft picks that they've ended up taking up and Fred Warner was a you know later pick, I think third, fourth round. Ended up being a you know a great linebacker for them. I think that Richard Sherman saw that and he definitely wanted to go there. But in the game, he definitely was, you know, targeted. You know, that's not really common. Sandy Watkins, you know, got by him on a you know on a press play. There was a wheel route up and around for 20 yards. You know, it's Sherman's speed that's really what slows him down on his game. I think that's the weakness of his game. But I mean, it's just a small weakness because you know a quarterback is always supposed to have a safety up top. You know, unless you are you know shut down. But he's 31 years old, so he's a little bit slower. So I'll give him that. Darrell Revis must be uh, living in a happy place right now. I don't know if you guys remember the Twitter exchange him and Sherman got into a couple of weeks ago. Calling out Sherman, saying that uh, you haven't been that good. You just sit back in a cover three zone and you just let your other players do the work for you. Other like Revis, we all know Revis Island was coined a phrase where he would just go on the best wide receiver, play man-to-man, no help. That's how Revis played. So Sherman, maybe he did get exposed. I mean, like you said, he is old, but I mean, you got to back up your shit talk. And when he shit talks uh, uh, Revis online... It didn't come back, and it bit him in the ass. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was on Richard Sherman's bandwagon for that for the most part until, like, last night. Obviously, he just didn't look good. I mean, the receivers for Kansas City are just too fast. I mean, Tyree Kill is the fastest player in the NFL. Demarcus Robinson's a speedy, like, deep threat. Then they got Sammy Watkins, who's, like, the same thing. I mean, he's not as fast, but he's just a deep threat. Uh, I don't know. Darrell Reeves is definitely very happy. I saw he tweeted and deleted something. I forget what he said, but I honestly though the Niners defense didn't really lose this game for me. I think the Niners offense really did. They were up ten with seven minutes left. They had two chances to run the clock out and just couldn't convert first downs. And their defense obviously at some point Mahomes is going to beat you. So I don't know. Now when it came to this game, you saw Pat Mahomes three total touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumbles that weren't recovered, but would have cost them the game if they were. Do you guys believe he deserved to get Super Bowl MVP? Because I personally do not. Yeah. Like, okay. Obviously, you know, Damian Williams had 110 yards and I think two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing. That rushing touchdown came later in the game when, uh, it, you know, it was obviously needed, but they got the stop before. So it was really just, you know, the, you know, the icing on the cake of the game. I think Pat Mahomes, you know, with his three touchdowns, one coming in the first, and I think two coming in the third, I'm pretty sure, or the fourth, fourth, yep, fourth quarter. You know, I think obviously Pat Mahomes, you know, took over that game. You know, he was getting outplayed by Jimmy G at one point, and we talked about that for a little bit. But then Mahomes started climbing up, and he started getting into his no-puddle offense. Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, all players that can go out and get the ball for you. Now, Pat Mahomes did have some questionable throws, the – Throw he had to Tyreek Hill, it was like a slant route. He put it in front of him, it's a first down. He put it behind him, tipped off his hands, he got picked off. I, I there's obviously some mistakes he made, but overall, he did deserve the MVP. He, I, I fully believe that. Yeah, and uh, he definitely did. He did win the MVP, and he is the youngest quarterback to ever win Super Bowl MVP. And uh, he also joined Kurt Warner as the only players to win uh, league MVP in the Super Bowl in their first three seasons. Um, so he's joining a club of very prestigious people. 
Um, I guess from now on we can see that uh, Garoppolo might not be as good as we thought he was. And uh, for now, I guess Tom Brady is still better than him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they are next year. Sometimes teams like this that go to the playoffs or the Super Bowl just tank the next year, don't even make it, or they might lose in the first round. So we'll see how they recover and bounce back, especially with the 10-point lead, I think, in the fourth quarter. And you did say about the Tom Brady-Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Uh, I now, hindsight 2020, I always thought the Patriots won that trade. I mean, you get a second-round pick for a backup quarterback. You have Tom Brady. You knew he was going to play about three more years. And I think you obviously would want Tom Brady for three years, other than Jimmy Garoppolo in three years, just based on each of their respective careers. Uh, Jeff and Alec, I want to ask you, do you think the Patriots made the right decision trading Jimmy Garoppolo three years ago? I mean, yes and no. Because yes, in this fine hindsight that Tom Brady was the guy still at that time, but no, because Jimmy Garoppolo will be good for years to come. I mean, if you put him in a good system with a good defense like the Patriots have, He's going to win 12 to 13 games like he's showing. I mean, his career record is, what, 23, well, I don't know, 23 and 5, 20, 25. I don't know. Something similar to that. But, uh, but the question is, though, do you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G at quarterback for the past three years of the Patriots? Because I don't think Jimmy G would be able to get to the Super Bowl like Brady did. I don't think Jimmy G has the balls in Kansas City to drive down twice in overtime and at the end of regulation to give them the lead and then obviously give them the game winner. I just don't think Jimmy G has that in him. That's why I think Tom Brady obviously might be the most clutch player in NFL history from that quarterback position. I just think Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, you would want his future, but in this three years of that trade, I don't think you can even think that Tom Brady would have been better off not on the Patriots. But in those two years where Tom Brady led them, I think you you put Jimmy Garoppolo in that system. Obviously, I don't know if they win those years, but you took the team from this year that the Patriots have and the team that Jimmy Garoppolo had. Tom Brady, besides, okay, obviously the offensive weapons were different, but their defense was better than that. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo was starting quarterback for the Patriots this year, they might be in the AFC Championship, maybe playing in the Super Bowl this year. <clears throat> Another thing I thought that was interesting was uh, Kyle Juszczyk, uh resurrecting the fullback position a little there, almost scoring twice. Uh, I thought that was interesting, and I also thought the uh, the tight end duo on both teams was one of the best we've ever seen, probably in the Super Bowl. For sure, um, for sure. Kittle and Kelsey. Uh, I guess Kittle could have performed a little better, but um, definitely was. I love the tight end position, big Robert and Kelsey guy. That's where I want to go back to something that Jeff said, saying that Chris Jones is the key piece of the Chiefs defense. I just that's just. Blasphemous to me, Tyron Matthew. Ludicrous. Tyron Matthew guarded George Kittle this entire game. I don't, he did nothing. He did well, Okay, nothing is. He uh, had like what five catches for thirty yards. Well, that's he. What he did when he made those catches, he made them in big spots. Oh, for sure. But Tyron Matthew just played unreal last night. I mean, See, he's the honey badger. Yeah, he's. he's you're, you're saying that now because they won, but if they are able to hold on to that lead I mean, and he's win, the, he's you're the person just, that put that defense together. You see him on the sideline. I mean, he was getting. Him up. I don't think he was more fired up. He was yelling at the. Let's go. Come I think on. he was yelling at the defensive coordinator, Steve Bagnola, being like, "What the hell are you doing? This isn't working. You need to do something else." I know he's a smart guy. He Stack knows what's the, going on. I mean, they were giving up six point one yards per carry to the 49ers. I mean, nothing too like, like 
like what the Packers were giving up to the 49ers. So around like what 50 yards of carry. I mean, <laughs> oh wow, he always has a way to throw some shade at the Packers, Alec. You'll find that way when this show goes on. Is he? I think he hates the Packers more than anything else in life, and especially Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I don't know. I'm still. I'm still on the Chris Jones train. Chris Jones is a he's such a talented lineman. And he is. He is one of the best young players. And it's him, Kenny Clark from the Packers. We might as well talk about. We're talking about him. We might as well talk about Kenny Clark and you know, one of the better defensive tackles. DeForest Buckner, who also played in the Super Bowl. You know, there are so many defensive tackles. You know, up and coming at Oliver and Quinn Williams. I think it's such an important position because winning the ball up front is. Is you if you have a good line, your secondary doesn't have to be that good because your line is going to generate the pressure before your corners have to you know stay with the receiver for five to six. That's seconds. my thing though, is because the pass rush Chris Jones and Frank Clark they did well, but they're not good enough to cover up for a bad secondary. So Tyron Matthew is more important to me because if they don't have him in the secondary, it's like baked chicken out there. It's going to be free running around. Do you saw the amount of success? Debo Samuel had last night. If he if he was able to draw the attention of Tyron, like someone other than Tyron Matthew, or George Kittle was guarded by someone not named Tyron Matthew, this 49ers offense gains another dynamic and they would be more explosive. And the Chiefs would have given up more than 20 points. They would have the 49ers would have scored in the fourth quarter if Tyron Matthew wasn't there. Because he's the glue that holds the secondary and the D-line together, because we know that linebacking core isn't good. And with that Tyron Matthew being a hybrid between linebacker and safety, it's huge for that defense, and that's, to me, the only way they're able to succeed and give up an astounding, like, 12 points per game than the last seven or eight games of the season. Uh, No, that was obviously impressive. Uh, They did lose one, Thornhill. I hated that he went down. He was such a great free safety for them. him and Tyron Matthew will be a great safety duo for them come through years. It's also Kendall Fuller. He's also one of the you know premier players. I'm pretty sure, like you said, D.L. Sanders had a great game. That was more rushing, though. Three rushes, 53 yards, compared to his five catches for 39 yards in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the catches were more impactful. You know, could have been third down catches, second down catches, you know, like, you know, impactful plays. I think that, you know, their whole team, their whole team, Kendall Fuller, he put the whole entire like chains on Emmanuel Sanders, who was one of their key additions in free agency. And he was one of their impactful players throughout the playoffs. And he obviously showed it. But, you know, it, I do believe Chris Jones is that good. They better re-sign him. They're probably, and if they don't, then, you know, he will be coming to the Indianapolis Colts. You can mark that down right now. February 3rd, 2020. Um, yeah, no, I that's what I think about it. Yeah, speaking about uh, you know filling holes and stuff on defense and just money in general, uh, is Patrick Mahomes going to sign this very large contract? Uh, and Al, do you think that it might affect the rest of the team if he's taking all this money? Will he not have weapons anymore? If they use all the money to sign other people. I mean, I feel like you have to sign Mahomes to big money. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. If not, really, team. you're gonna if you're gonna not, jump ship. You're, you're gonna know, jump ship. I mean, I mean for, for you for you that for you people I that know. don't know, Alec, the biggest Lamar Jackson fan Lamar, I know, he's Lamar, jumping ship. Lamar is the best, but I mean, when he's got receivers dropping balls like that, I mean, it's just nothing he can do out there. Mahomes, I mean, what, what am I? I can't not say he just won the Super Bowl. I can't not say that. There's just nothing I can do. 
I mean, to get back to your point about Juan Thornhill, though, Jeff, I mean, the Niners just spread the ball, like, so much. I just, I don't even know why you brought him up, but. <laughs> why I brought him up? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I but just, I, I like Sam, what Sam said with that question. I think, I think the, the Chief will still be good. I mean, if they keep Tyron Matthew, I mean, you guys, you guys all know I'm, I'm a Tyron Matthew fan. You can figure that out. He's, he's going to lock up. I mean, they keep Chris Jones. Yeah, but here's the thing. If they if they pay Chris Jones, they got Tyron Matthew, I think, for another year or two. But uh, like who who is coming off contract? I would doubt. But this is the thing. You got Pat Mahomes five years, two twenty. You got to pay if you want to keep Chris Jones, which if Jeff is right, he's the glue of that defense. And then you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and they're gonna want money soon. And then you got the offensive line, which is arguably more important than Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, because if you can't keep Mahomes up and be able to throw, then you're not going to be able to do yeah, anything. You're not like Aaron Rodgers and lose every year in the playoffs. Or yeah. Make it, you know? this, <laughs> so this is my thing is that if you're going to pay Patrick Mahomes all of this money, you're going to leave holes on your team. And that's my thing. You're going to need a quarterback either on a team-friendly deal that's in his first four years, like the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson. He's got a team-friendly deal. They're going to be able to spend money on the team, making them better Instead of spending all that money on a quarterback, you need a quarterback that's going to either take team-friendly deals, like I said, or be on a rookie contract for their first four. Because to me, that's the only way you're going to be able to win now. Because if you spend all that money on a QB, your roster is not going to be good other places. I don't know. I think even if they spend the money, Andy Reid's got something figured out. He he knows how he knows how to run an offense. I mean, he's been a great offensive coach. This is a well-deserved Super Bowl for him. I think he'll figure something out if he pays Mahomes big money. I mean, Tyreek Hill, people like that don't come often. I don't know if you can find somebody replacing him. It's pretty pretty fast. Travis Kelsey's like the best tight end in the league, too. I mean, ah, that's a tough question. I mean, maybe he does need to take a pay cut. Maybe. With uh, Patrick Mahomes being such a mega star, um, how big of a star is he? Do you guys think he is better or bigger than LeBron James now? Or is he oh, the biggest no. sports not icon? Even not even no, not even close. Not even close. I just didn't know if the Super Bowl win and this historic start, especially with football technically being America's biggest sport, um, I don't know. It's just how how much better can he get? Oh, he he can obviously get better. I mean, he already is at you know he's done everything a quarterback wishes to do in one season. That's what I'm saying. Can can it get better? Or is I, it just he can get better. It's just all it is going to be legacy. Now the problem is with like giving quarterbacks contracts like that as. You I'm a Colts fan, so I dealt with the signing of Andrew Luck for four years, $140 million, you know, from the GM, Ryan Grigson, who ended up making my quarterback retire before his prime. Uh, it was such a yeah, it's such a problem to give quarterbacks money because obviously you don't have holes to fill. The front the front office for the Chiefs is really smart in this case. Terry Kill's contract expires in 2023, Travis Kelsey in 2022. They have time to replace this, obviously. But they're going to let some players go. Sammy Watkins said that he might not come back. He's taking $16 million a year for no one knows any reason why. He's taking all that money. If he leaves, they're going to take that money back. They're going to grab the he's going to they're going to grab that $30 million guaranteed back. I think uh, I think they'll be able to figure it out. You have to keep that moment. You can't. And he probably could go a little friendly, but the QB market is just going to keep going up and up as quarterbacks keep getting in the league. He's 24 years old, so he's going to want his money, and they're probably going to give him like a five, you know, five, six-year deal. I mean, it's the typical way you give to a 
you know, a gem and a quarterback of Patrick Mahomes. You know, they made a great move trading up for him. So, I mean, hey, if he's your franchise guy, he's your franchise guy. And they're doing pretty well, you know. And I, I wonder how much longer Andy Reid will coach for, especially with, you know, coaches usually retiring around the 70 age. That'd be nine years more for him. But, you know, he is the mastermind behind it, although Patrick Mahomes does play for them. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do if he retires or leaves. I think he's going to start wanting to try, uh, chase Bill Belichick. He said, hey, I want one. Why not try and get more? Wait, whoa, whoa, he's whoa. Got, he's got plenty of time with Patrick Mahomes. Chase Bill Belichick. Oh, he's going to chase him down. He's got to win five oh, more. He's chasing him down for sure. What? <laughs> when? He's going to get there in 2048? No, no, no. Like 2029? We'll give him to 2029. You're saying in nine years he's going to win six <laughs> Super Bowls? What? He's like making you angry. Yeah, there's no shot that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was no, the most but, blasphemous thing I've ever heard. Chasing no, Belt Belichick. It took him 20 years to win his first. You think he's going to rattle off five more in eight years? Hey, you never know. Now they got Pat Mahomes. There's no more Alex Smith. Yeah, five years, $200 million. And it's Pat Mahomes. Might as well give him the blank check at this point. He's winning you a Super Bowl. Oh, it's absolute blasphemous talk. But that's going to end our Super Bowl talk. We're going to jump in the All-Star yeah, we're going to talk some all-star snubs now. There's been a lot, in my opinion. There's a couple in the East that are really bad, a couple in the West that you can argue for, but it's a little bad. Jeff, let's start with you. What is your biggest snub from this all-star weekend? I mean, it's Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. They're both the first two guards, or players in general, to average, I believe, 28 points and not make the all-star game. How, how, is, that even, how is that even possible? You have people like Sabonis, great player, obviously. I think they're going to trade Miles Turner from the Pacers, so he's going to end up starting. God, please go to the Miami Heat. God, that would you, make us. You can take him all you want. He's been horrible this year. Miles Turner would be perfect for the Heat. He can shoot. He can rebound. I don't give a shit. That's all the Heat need. Yeah. That's what you get out of Miles Leonard at a better body. He probably. sucks. <laughs> okay. Miles Turner is so much better than Myers Leonard. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are two huge snubs for me. Both great players, best of their positions. Not obviously the number one and two, but, you know, they round out top, probably the top five. They're both great at their position. I, I just, I don't understand how they don't make it. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Maybe because they're both on losing teams, even though Devin Booker's kind of made some type of, you know, better pro- progress throughout his season through, like, 50 game-ish. 50 games? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and he's done a little bit better, but I mean, he's been notoriously, you know, on a losing team his whole entire career. The Suns have never had a winning record ever since he joined. Hopefully, they can turn that around. I believe that if in, if he does go to the playoffs, he will be one of the more hotter players in the playoffs. He's an absolute fucking bucket. So when I when I think about the All Star game, it comes two things come to mind. When you're gonna vote people in, are you gonna vote pure talent and entertainment, or are you gonna vote the best players on the best teams? And to me, the best players on the best teams is what happened in this all-star voting. But I think that should be saved for the all-NBA teams. Because seeing, I'm going to be honest, Chris Middleton, great player. Who would I rather see in the all-star game? Him, Bradley Beal, or Zach Levine? Bradley Or Zach Levine. They're both more entertaining. It's I, Kyle Lowry, he's been having a great year for the Raptors of the two seed in the East. But once again, who would you rather see? Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, or him? Bradley 
could be a top two. Exactly. I just don't see the Chris Middleton talk, though. I think he's had an outstanding year. You can't take that away from him. I'm not saying he's not having a bad year, but when you're going, who's having a better statistical year? I mean, it doesn't matter. He's having 26-4 and four on the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm 51% shooting but and did, 44% did you, shooting from three. Did you hear what you said there? Best team in the East. You he's said shooting, he has a 50-40-90 year right now, Chris Middleton. Yeah, but you're on the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but you're he's saying he's playing outstanding. There's no reason for him not to be in the All Star. The best team in the East. Though. He is so underrated. I'll give you he's underrated, but who's having a better statistical year, him or Bradley Beal? What is Bradley Beal? Do, Bradley Beal doing for the NBA though? He, he's bringing. Who would you? They're ra- playing who, for fun. Who, They're not playing for any reason. Who knows? Playing for fun. Who does ca- for their Who do <laughs> casual NBA fans know more, Chris Middleton or Bradley Beal? I mean, I hope Bradley Beal. So there you if go. If you're having a better you season, want, then you deserve to be in the you, All-Star game more than someone. Bradley Beal's having a better, better season than Bradley Beal is the number one scoring option on the, one of the worst teams in the NBA. He they're only the 10th seed. They're only the 10th seed. He probably shoots way worse from the They're point. only the 10th seed in the East. I mean, there's a lot of... There's, there's the Knicks, who are probably, unfortunately... Relax. <laughs> I mean, they're awful. I mean, we got the Trey Young Hawks. I mean, they're terrible, but they're the worst. Young, they're the worst team. Obviously, in deserve to be a starter. But you know, Bradley Beal is averaging the same amount of points as Trey Young. Trey Young is doing it all right now. He's in his second year in the NBA. Okay, he, but he if is they're outstanding, he's on the come up. If they're averaging and all this Luka Doncic chop, there's no reason for Trey Young not to be a starter. Okay, but Bradley Beal and Trey Young are averaging almost the same numbers, just give or take three or four assists, but scoring the same amount. Bradley Beal's team wins more. Why is Trey Young starting and Bradley Beal doesn't even make it? Okay, I'm not. I'm not mad at the Bradley Beal being snubbed. I think he was snubbed as well. I mean, take someone like Kyle Lowry out of the All Star game. He's just not that good. I mean, like along with people like Kyle Lowry, I think like that Bradley Beal obviously should have been over him. I know there's Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns. I thought Drummond should be in the mix. Um, For sure. I think a lot of these things have to do with, you know, the positions. Um, I think there has to be a certain amount of big men in there, which I think raises the question, should they just have the best players available? Someone like uh, Bradley Beal is clearly better than some of these players, but maybe there's just too many good guards now that he didn't make the cut. Um, I know if the the Hawks are so bad and Trey Young is a starter, then how come if the Wizards are bad, Bradley Beal can't even... You know, be a reserve, um, and I, I actually still don't know how Carl Anthony Towns didn't make the All Star game. Okay, you brought up Sabonis and Andrew Drummond, so you would obviously, I'd assume, you would put Andre Drummond in over Sabonis. Yeah, and I think on a good team, um, Andre Drummond would be great for whatever team he plays for—the rebounding and defense—and you know, just head to head against Sabonis, I think he wins it um, statistically too, and. Now, you kind of mentioned something that I've been toying in my head with is instead of doing position-based, because you have to have a certain amount of front court, a certain amount of guards, the NBA now is positionless basketball. I mean, the, I just watched the Rockets-Pelicans on Sunday. The Rockets didn't play someone taller than 6'6 the whole game. So for me, I don't think there should be a specific amount of front courts and back courts. It should be the 15, or I think it's 12 right now, though. It's the 12 best players in each conference they get sent to the All-Star game because I don't need Sabonis in. Even I love Bam and Abayo, but, I mean, let's be real here. Zach Levine and Bradley Beal are, are way more entertaining than Bam and Abayo. So I want to see a 12-man best players in the East and West instead of seeing a certain amount of front court and a certain amount of back court. I agree, too. I think, 
I think that we should do that. But also, it would be weird to see, you know, a 6'6 player at this tallest position on the court. I think that would just, it just wouldn't look right on the court at all. I mean, the All-Star game could mean something. Like, it means nothing, I feel like. I just I just don't like it. I wish, if it was for, enter- if it's for entertainment purposes, then Bradley Beal and Zach Levine over Sabonis and Bam Adebayo every day of the week. But if it's for to play in, like, a legit game and have meaning so people can actually watch it, then I feel like you need to have a mix of bigs and smalls and guards. Yeah. Also, I you know, I, Al, I know you're going to, you know, not like me for this. You know, ben Simmons, every single year, he's gotten worse. He's on a great team. The Sixers are going to be good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Even though the Heat just beat them by... 40. Dude, the Sixers are wildly underachieving. They're the sixth seed in the East. The Pacers. The Sixers, once they get to the NBA playoffs, just wait on them. They're this year's. Ben Simmons is a baller. I'm sick of all the hate. They're this year's Boston Celtics. All I heard last year was the Celtics. Hey, they're fine. They're turning up in the playoffs. No, they won't. People, they suck. People like people like you guys just love to hate on Ben Simmons. I just don't get it. The inability There's to. There's no reason why he, as well, should not be in the All-Star game. I just don't. To me, why? You, why not? You have to improve as a player, though. On like fifty-eight percent shooting, he can't shoot a basketball to save his life, and he's one of the top point guards in the NBA. If he can't shoot, that just makes him a better player, if anything. No, well, you have to improve your game. You can't just stay stagnant. You just can't just be okay with your abilities and just play. If he were to actually try to improve on shooting threes, I would cut him some slack. But the fact he doesn't even try pisses me off because you have to improve when you're in your career. You can't just be okay with your skill set. Yeah. I'm looking at Ben Simmons' stats right now. From at, In 2017, you know, the first year he eventually played technically his rookie year, he averaged 15.8 points a game, 8.2 assists, and, you know, 8 rebounds. After that, it's, you know, he upgrades, you know, a point, you know, and then after that he stays the same again. It, the numbers are just way too consistent in what they're doing in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he had a one-point game in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he did have a one-point game in the playoffs. And, you know, you know, and Joel Embiid is even worse, I'm pretty sure, in the playoffs. I don't think he's good either. But they, you know, they, they do need to turn it on Ben Simmons. I don't think Brad, I think Bradley Beal should have made it over him. You know, Ben Simmons is obviously a great player, but he, you know, he's not – 16.7 points a game is, you know, is not going to get you. Uh, ben, ben Simmons is doing it, though, on 58% shooting. And he's playing defense that is actually incredible. 2.2 steals per game. He's definitely probably going to make one of the all-defensive teams. So Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I mean, jeez. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. You just said what's wrong with too consistent. The only reason you're saying that is because you're a Knicks fan, and it's too consistent to lose, like, 70 games a year. I mean... Ben Simmons consistently averages 18, 8, and 8 on almost 60% shooting every single year on a good team. 60% why, shooting. why is that how bad? Many, what's wrong with that? How many, what's wrong I'll, with I'll tell you what's wrong with that. How many shots are outside 15 feet? That makes him just bad. Like, the fact that he can shoot that, that efficiently but, and everybody knows. He's not even going to be even within – he's going to be within 15 feet every time he shoots the ball. That just He's a baller. Yeah, he's I, a hooper. Yeah, he can do that. He's six foot time. Steph Curry, the one I love. Change the game to 35-foot jump shots. He's doing it from 13, averaging 18, 8, and 8 on 58% shooting. He's an animal out there. Yeah, and how, how has that led to the playoffs? How have they been doing the they're a rim. They're a rim in away from the freaking NBA Eastern Conference Finals. So a rim in, a loss. 
That's off. It literally and bounced off the rim 45 times. And then the Celtics went in. They kicked the shit out of them. They kicked their ass every single year in the playoffs. Oh, my. The Celtics. Every single year, the Celtics kicked their ass. And I'm a Knicks fan. I hate the Celtics more than anything. Actually, just I hate Boston. They suck. But the Celtics came in and kicked their ass. It, it was so easy for them to go on and move past the Sixers. They can't improve. They are one of the worst shooting teams. And Ben Simmons still doesn't shoot. They're a game seven away from an Eastern Conference Finals. They would have played the Bucs well. They have the exact talent to play against the Bucs. They would be fine. They would they would have been fine. They could have easily made the NBA Finals. I mean, they would have lost. I mean, they played the Warriors. I mean, you know, they probably would have lost. But still, I think Ben Simmons, they're just going to get better. He's in his third year playing. Yeah. Someday soon, he's going to get to the NBA Finals. Him and Embiid don't work well together. You can't have them on the same court. Embiid is a bucket, too. Yeah, but him and Simmons cannot be on the same court together. Why? Because when you have Simmons who can't shoot, it clogs the middle, which takes away from Embiid's ability to play. You see the Heat just run a 2-3 zone. They go in shambles. They've lost by 34 he, he points. Got he got a good team. I got I to catch out to the Heat. I mean, Duncan Robinson is a ball. 30, 34 <laughs> points. 34 points. Best shooter in the NBA. Duncan you can't Robinson prove me wrong. If he's going to win but, a three-point contest, <laughs> you can mark my words on that one. Duncan, baby. February 2020. Duncan, baby. Let's go. Okay, back to the All-Star snubs, though. Ben Simmons, check his name off. He's He deserves to be an All-Star. But over Bradley Beal? Like, would you actually sit down if you were one if of the Bradley experts Beal was on the 76ers, if Bradley they would Beal's be a on problem. The 76ers, but they, they, be be, a, but they, they need be Ben Simmons for that team. He needs to be their ball handler. They would be so much better with Bradley Beal than Ben Simmons. So much better. Every single other aspect of the game besides scoring. I mean, obviously scoring is the biggest aspect. I agree completely, but every other aspect of the game, Ben Simmons is better than Bradley Beal. There's not one other aspect on the floor. No, I'm actually like I'm gonna say this. I'm I'm really sorry you have to hear this. Ben Simmons is just six ten Lonzo. It's just how it. That's how it works out. Wow. That's just how it works out. Don't you ever compare Ben Simmons. <laughs> you better show your goddamn Lonzo mouth right Ball. now. Don't you dare talk. <laughs> Don't you do it. Do not just do that. Come on, I mean, he's awful on the ball. You're the, you're the fucking worst. You're the worst. We need to get back to this all-star stuff. We can't talk about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, Lonzo about, would make the Sixers sorry. better than Ben Simmons because he can shoot the basketball. I'm sorry, Lonzo. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Um, would you guys rather take Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker? Donovan Mitchell is a... Younger, not by much, but a very, like, entertaining player. Devin Booker just gets hot, and he, at one point, he will not miss. But Donovan Mitchell will make interesting dunks, and he has his own signature, you know, spider dunk. You know, it's it's pretty legendary. You guys, you guys yeah. see I personally would go with Devin Booker here. What about you? I'm a, I am a, true, I'm a true Donovan Mitchell fan. I loved, loved him out of Louisville ever since he caught that sideways tomahawk against Syracuse with, like, a minute left. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be good. I think that, you know, you know, it's good for him they made the All-Star. He, I think he was snubbed last year, you know, about time he got in. But Devin Booker needs to get in. There's just no yeah, there's no way sure. to cut around that. Devin Booker needs to get in. You know what Donovan Mitchell wasn't snubbed from? The Rookie of the Year award. Well, because sure he didn't he deserve it. Ben Simmons did. did Thank ben, you. That's what happened. But I think Ben Simmons ended up getting his ass beat even worse than Donovan Mitchell did. And I'm pretty sure. I'm First pretty of sure all, I'm not going to let this go too far. Because I am on the firm belief that 
he did not play his rookie year. He was a second-year player when he won Rookie of the Year because he was drafted, when was that, 2016? 2016 pick number one. And when did he win Rookie of the Year? He won Rookie of the Year in the 2017-2018 Wait a minute. That's not the same year. That's weird. That's weird. That's weird. That's weird. How many games? I don't care. He was on an NBA roster for a whole year. He was not a rookie. Don Mitch came in the league the first game, which is the rookie year. Your first 82 games, right? Did he play 82? The first Probably 82 not. games you play are your rookies. Ben Simmons' first 82 games came in. What year did you say, Jeff? Uh, he did play 81 games in 27-18, his second year in the league. Yeah, his second year because he was on a whole NBA roster, the 2016-2017 like put him in the season. same conversation with that asterisk with Blake Griffin because, yeah. I'm a firm believer where if you sit out a year, you do not deserve no, a rookie. No shot. That's why Michael Porter Jr., he's climbing up the rookie, lore, rookie board right Get now. Get the fuck no, out of no. here. Love Michael Porter. You played a great high school game. Your college game, I you know, I probably think I average probably the same numbers, even though I did play college at all. But uh, you only played like one game, and then like, you ended up coming to the league. Love your talent. You know, well, the Nuggets are going to be pretty good with Jokic and all that. And like, you know, yeah, your second year, you're in your second year. You should not be winning rookie of the year for that. But yeah, it's all. It's all. Uh, another rookie of the year, Damian Lillard, who also has been snubbed before from the All Star game, has been uh, going off, and it shows that. You can be snubbed and still be a great player. It's literally just how it works, the voting in the system. But it is interesting how, how good Damian Lillard's been playing over the last five or six games. Oh, Damian Lillard has been saying it for years. He's the second-best point guard in the NBA, right behind Steph Curry. When Steph Curry's healthy, he's obviously the best out there. I mean, he's been to the last five NBA finals. But Damian Lillard, by far the second-best out there. Kyrie Irving's a drama queen. Get him out of here. I mean, I'm just over him. Damian Lillard, in my opinion, it's a hot take. Better score than James Harden. And the simple fact that Damian Lillard doesn't need free throws to put up 50. He does it with actually putting it in the basket. There is no shot you're going to tell me that there's anybody that's better at scoring than James Harden. Oh, I can easily say that. I just watched Damian Lillard go on an inferno tear. And he maybe had at most 10 free throws a game. If James Harden wanted to do the same thing Damian Lillard just did, he need to take a total of 150 free throws in those 10 games. I would like to hear who you think is better scoring than James Harden. You already said I just Damian said Lillard. Damian Lillard. Is that it? I mean, pure scoring, yeah. Okay, good. You're wrong anyways, but like it's, you know, it's just... Like James Harden is James Harden. It's how it is. But, okay, so Brandon Ingram... You know, having a breakout year in New Orleans, you know, Zion's back finally. Uh, I think if Zion was there, would have hampered his stats to where he wouldn't have made the All-Star game. Congrats to him, obviously, on making and getting out of that Laker problem they had with the young core. I don't know if, you know, you know LeBron may be, but, you know, so be it. Um, Brandon Ingram or Devin Booker? They're both on losing teams. At the moment, but Devin Booker's putting up better numbers. Yeah, Devin Booker's been doing it too for longer. This was Brandon Ingram's first breakout year, um, but it. I think this is interesting. Some of the selections. I think next year when players are back healthy and John and Zion are you know coming into their own um, starting year, right there. Um, that I think next year there's going to be even more snubs. Probably double this year. Oh yeah, and. Yeah, you know, it's you could pick so many people. I'm looking on a Yahoo page right now about who got snubbed and everything. And no free ads. No free ads. Sorry, Yahoo. Uh, Carlton Towns, 
you, I don't understand how he's left out at all. 27 points a game, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and 1.2 blocks while hitting three, three and a half threes a game at 41%. And he's 6'11". Oh, he, got, he should be in a He should there. be in the All-Star game, and he he will be I'm, – I'm probably, he's probably going to be second-team All-NBA this year. I don't want to see Rudy Gobert try to block shots in the All-Star game. I want to see cool dunks and cool threes, not someone trying to play defense. Anybody that plays for the Timberwolves just doesn't. I, okay, wait, can we get a full explanation on why you hate the Timberwolves? I don't understand it. You're a Warriors fan. What have they done to you? They're just a terrible organization. They're awful. The best years they had were with Kevin Garnett, obviously Graham, and just like, hands off to you, big ticket. But everybody else on that team, Wally Shibiak. <laughs> He's a That's star. his name. Wally Shibiak. I just don't want to see players like that succeed. Andrew Wiggins is probably one of the biggest busts to me. I mean, he has good stats. But it's for absolutely no reason. It's for the same reason Empty why stats. Bradley Beal gets buckets. For the same reason why not Trey Young gets buckets because he's a bucket. Similar. <laughs> uh, I mean, unfortunately, you might be right, but Trey Young's numbers are just—they're—they're they're good numbers, numbers, but they might be empty stats because if you are not winning games, then to but me they're empty. At stats. that point, is it your fault? They got a good roster around him. It's either it's, I don't, I'm not putting all the smoking weed for. I'm yeah. I'm not putting the so. blame on uh, Trey Young, but for him to have that stats and that and talent as a young core, they're they're. I don't know, they should be hurt. fighting for the eight seed. I know that's what I that's what I expected going into this year. I thought I, mean, I knew he would have a big jump. I didn't know that they were going to have a big downfall. Yeah. They were better last year with the stats he had. I, I don't get it. I mean, John Collins has been terrible since he's come back. Kevin he, did you hear he's – we're going to get into John the trade. I know Kevin Herter hasn't done a thing. John, John Collins, I'm pretty sure – I think last night, I think he put up 20. I heard he's on the trading block. Did you guys he see that? He is on the trading block along with like a every other Kevin. big man in the East. We're, Julius Randle, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, every big man in the East We're gonna We're going to get to the trade deadline because that's fastly approaching soon. But before we go to that, I want to get your opinion on just one award at the end of the season because someone brought up Brandon Ingram's big leap. Who do you think gets most improved this year? Is it Brandon Ingram jumping from 16 points to 25 points? Is it Shea Gildas Alexander? Is it Bam Adebayo jumping from 7 points and like 6 rebounds to 16 and 10? Who do you guys have? There's so um, many options. I think another one that you forgot is uh, Devontae Graham. I know oh, he's yes slowed sir, down a little, but yes he's a stud. He came out of nowhere, and uh, he's almost outshining um, who was their pickup from the South. Devontae Graham is really just a star. I've been I've been riding with him since Kansas. He's second-round pick. I, he used to be my background on my phone. I'm not going to lie. He used to be the background on my phone when he played for the Along University. with Kylie Jenner and Elite oh, Company. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what's got to be. So we so Sam is that who you're going with? You're right now. If you had the pick, it's Devonte Graham. I, I think that's not who I'm going with right now, but I think he's definitely a sleeper pick if he keeps it up. His increase will be higher than anyone else's, but he might not be better than some of the other players that could win. I, I gotta say Brandon Ingram. I'm, so you're going Alex going Brandon Ingram. Sam, I want to like who would you go with right now? At the moment, now that you bring it up, definitely Brandon Ingram. I think my top three: Bam Adebayo, really. I'm, I gotta give it. I called that before the season. Yeah, you did call that, so I was I was gonna try and make a case, but Brandon Ingram's having a hell of a year. Uh, I just want to go on the record. We have a fantasy league for our you know for our friends. Yeah, I picked Shy Gill Alexander and I dropped. And then I thought and I said, you know what? He's gonna be really good. I feel like on this really bad Thunder's team. 
They're that, in the playoff yeah. race. He had a 20-20-10 game at the age of 23 as a point guard. And he is averaging, I'm pretty sure, 20 points, like 8 rebounds, 7 assists. He is an absolute monster. The Clippers lost a big one in that, I feel. I think if he wasn't in that trade and they ended up giving like Landry Shamit, I think it would have been so much better. I think if they ended up keeping him, Shaquille Alexander would have been a dominant force with Montrez, Montrez O'Hara and Lou Will off the bench. They would have been killing. See, we all wrote down before the year started our champion, our MVP, our rookie of the year, our coach of the year, blah, blah, blah. The whole, the whole nine yards. Sam is actually going to go get that piece of paper right now. But my preseason pick for most improved was Bam and Abayo because obviously with Hassan Whiteside leaving, he was going to have a big chance to be in that starting center role. And he jumped from 7 points to 16 and about 7 rebounds or 6 to about 10, 11 rebounds. That is a monster jump for a team that no one thought was going to be that good, maybe a 6 or 7 seed in the East, to be one of the best teams in the NBA and he being an all-star for the first time. I think the voters will think about, like we said, the Heat are a good team. The Pelicans aren't. I think Bam Narbaio's improvement will stick in the voters' minds when it comes to who's a good team or not. Yeah, I think, you know, he. I'm pretty sure he's almost averaging, you know, what, what is his assist number? Six assists, maybe? Yeah, that's. I think it's five, but five, that's. Five, and it's still, you know, five to six assists for a center. That's big. Jokic already dominates that game by this averaging. Oh, I triple double at that. My but, boy. Uh, um, no, he is. He's really done like really good this year. Like surprisingly, I wasn't expecting. Sorry, I wasn't expecting him to have like a big jump, but um, he he's really you know come clutch for them ever since getting rid of Hassan Whiteside, who's tearing it up on you know Portland. Good for him. He's gonna get a bunch of money in Portland from them. Um, that was definitely a great pick for them. I picked Shy Gill though. I think that uh, if they do make the playoffs. With that team and his points, you know, steadily stay the same, and he gets better all around like he already is. And how we, how do you not pick someone like that compared to Brandon Ingram, who obviously you know is having a great year? But they voters do look at winning. Winning is kind of a statistic for them. I feel like when you vote for you know award winners, if you go back in the past, you know, uh, what do we have? Harden going second, but I'm pretty sure he was the third in the West compared to Giannis's first in the East. Yeah, uh, like we said, I picked Bam Adebayo to win most improved beginning of the year. Sam and Alec, I don't know if you guys just didn't know what you were doing. or You guys both picked De'Aaron Fox for your most improved. I love De'Aaron Fox. I thought he jumped more than he has. He did get hurt, though. We have to take that into consideration. He's been out for, like I think, 10 games. De'Aaron Fox will soon be an elite company in the NBA. I mean, you only picked Bam Adebayo because he plays on your favorite team. Let's be real here. No, it's because I saw the opportunity. I think you picked him. If, you, if, plays under Miami if I was picking before. based off bias, I would have picked Lonzo Ball. There's no debate There's just there. no – that's even – that's blasphemous. The no, Fox is if the you, best pick compared to Lonzo Ball. It's like picking – and Lonzo Ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our good friend Pat, he picked Lonzo Ball. I mean – So did so did Cole, though. He doesn't usually know what he's talking about unless he's talking football. I mean, shout out to Dallas Cowboys. Um, but, dude, I, I called it because I saw the opportunity. You go from putting up decent numbers. You saw what he did in when he had Hassan Whiteside. 
And you saw what he did when he came to the full starter and Hassan Whiteside was benched. And then Hassan Whiteside leaves. I just saw the opportunity for Bam Adebayo. He's taken that opportunity. He's taken that big leap. I'm gonna, his jumper is getting there. He's a great passer, a rebounder, one of the best defensive big men on the perimeter and on the inside. The sky's the limit for this kid. And I think he should win most improved right now because of how good the Heat are doing because of him. Without Bam Adebayo, the Heat... Maybe a seven seed. They're the best, one of the best teams in the NBA because of Bam and Abayo. That's why I give it to him. I mean, we argue about. I'm gonna go back to the rookie of the year thing. We argue about who liked this man first, John Moran. I mean, we all basically picked him except for our friend Tommy. He went with Zion. Well, I mean, that's not a bad choice. But John Moran, like, is tearing it up. I mean, he's got the Grizzlies in eighth place right now. He's averaging seventeen four and seven on basically fifty percent shooting. I mean. He's the next scene of Russell Westbrook coming up this year. Him and uh, Zion are definitely the best of this class and will probably be some of the best of the 2020s. But uh, I think Zion is absolutely amazing. He's I want to watch him every time. And I obviously, I don't think he'll play enough games to even be considered for Rookie of the Year. But uh, so far, he's been tearing it up. And every time I want to watch a Pelicans game. Yeah, Sam, you look like you're the only one who picked Giannis to win MVP, and I think he's going to run away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on from the award talk. We'll have a whole different conversation about that later on when it gets closer to the end of the season. But there's something more important coming up right now, which is the NBA trade deadline. I believe it's Thursday. Yes, it is. And there's a lot of... Um, Actually, yeah, it is Thursday. It ends on February 6th. I'll put your four o'clock. Yeah, something around there. Last year, we had some fireworks. I mean, Chris Dobbs just traded the Mavs. There were some other things. Now, there's talks of Clint Capella, Andre Drummond, John Collins, Robert oh, Covington. Uh, Jeff. Oh, D'Lo. Yeah, I forgot about him. Thanks for the point out. Uh Jeff, let's start with you. Which big man in the East do you think is the first to be traded? And I want to know where do you think he goes? I think the first center traded, you know, if you look at it, Kevin Love, they already said they're not going to trade him. Andre Drummond looks like they want to trade him, but they're too hesitant to do it because they don't know what they're going to get in return for him, even though he's coming off, you know, this is going to be his best season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 19 and 16, you know, in points and rebounds, averaging. He's been an absolute ball, and he deserves to go to a team that needs a center like that. But it's going to be Clint Capella, and I think it's going to be to the Boston Celtics. The, what do you think the Celtics give up for that? Now, the most sense would be Jalen Brown and the first-round pick from the Grizzlies that they got. Do you they, think the Celtics would be willing to trade such a big piece in their success? I think they can. I mean, I think they would. I think more fans, you know, would prefer Gordon Hayward to be traded. But the Rocks are looking for three and D. Jalen Brown would fit that mold perfectly in the Warriors system. He can't obviously he can't shoot like amazing, you know, but he could still shoot the ball well. He's a great player. He's having his best year this year. I think, you know, with him coming in and then maybe they can trade along with the first round pick like you know, uh, Daniel Tice or like Vincent Poirier, one of their backup garbage centers they have. Fill in the center position for them because Tyson Chandler's thirty nine years old or something like that, and he's his two thousand twelve deep boy was eight years old, so he's all out. Yeah, the Rockets they don't like to play big. I said it earlier in the show that they played out on Sunday with their tallest man being six six. It's surprising though because if they were to trade Capella and they go into a playoff matchup facing the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, 
the Jazz. How are you going to stop Jokic, AD, Montrez Harrell, and Gobert? It's it's near impossible to do that without Clint Capella. Near I, impossible. I would say Gobert is like a big problem. Personally, he would just get every offensive rebound, he, though. He would, but the only thing is that the Jazz don't use him in their offense, which is horrible. Is why That's why they're not better than they already are, even though they are a great team. If they did use Rudy Gobert more, they'd be a great team. Um, but, yeah, that is obviously a big problem. I think the Rockets, though, they're going to go, you know, a very small lineup, and they'll shoot the ball. They'll outrun the other team, which is, you know, it's a, it's a strategy that some teams do, but it gets worn out after a while once – you're getting out-rebounded 20-7 to seven in the second quarter at one point. Now, you do need big men, and I think traditional big men, I, I wish there were more today. Clint Capella and Andre Drummond are two of the best big men and that are you know still traditional, and they're up on the trade block. And no one, no one likes no one likes a traditional big men more. Marcus Saul and Brooke Lopez all extended their game. Brooke Lopez probably shoots better than some guards at this point. Guns. But um, no, I, I definitely think Clint Capella, I think the Celtics can easily get it done. It all comes down to how much they truly value uh, either Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward. Because it's one of them, too. That would be, it would have to be one of them, too. Some of the other things I'm looking at, too, is I've seen stuff about Andre Iguodala recently. Um, I think someone like him with the leadership and defense on, like, the Lakers or um, – Clippers would send them over the edge in terms of who would be better, just like wing defense and stuff. And then also the the Warriors um, with trading D'Angelo Russell. I think there's so many options there for them to just have a crazy future once everyone comes back from injury where they can either get draft picks or a ton of players to build their country on. Yeah, no, I think Clint Capella should go to the Celtics. That would be the first big man, like interior defender they actually had since Kevin Garnett. And honestly, Clint Capella, if they if he goes to Boston, I can see them contending with the Bucks. I can see them contending with the Bucks. Yeah, Bucks. For I, sure. I don't think that he are gonna do anything in the East really. I think they could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're just the Bucks and the Celtics. I think are better than them at the end of the day. I think they're equipped to beat the Bucks. Now, will they? I don't know. Whenever you have an athletic big man that could guard on the perimeter and inside, like Bam and Abayo, that's a decent matchup. For Giannis, because we've seen him have problems with players like Al Horford in the past who can guard from the perimeter to the inside. So it's just going to be interesting to see if they end up getting matched up in the playoffs. Can Eric Spolster a game plan good enough for Giannis? That's my question if they ever matched up. The thing is, Giannis is just getting better, though. He just gets better. Oh, I agree with you. It's just that the game, his game starting, he's starting to shoot threes. I mean, he's seven foot tall. From Greece, he's an animal. But when the Heat match up with they, when the Heat match up with anyone in the playoffs, they're they're gonna have the coaching advantage. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about that. He's old. the best I don't coach. Know, in the is a pretty good coach. Too, I mean, though. he got blessed with the best player I mean, in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. But he made Chris Middleton look amazing, like we talked about. Chris Middleton's there. good though. Eric Spoelstra on the Miami Heat team oh, last like, year. Brooke Lopez was nothing in the NBA. He revived his career in Milwaukee. If you just look at last year, the Miami Heat should have had a top a five. Bit. Pick. I mean, he's not good, but. Pretty good, a little good. I mean, Derrick Williams sucked ass, and when he was on the Nets, he literally just got up and you know forgot to play basketball. But he was good in his Nets days. Then when he got traded to the Lakers, everyone would they go to the Lakers to get traded. It just does not. Yeah, happen. the Lakers just Did fucking Dwight, suck. Dwight Howard, Brook Lopez. We got any more? Dwight Howard's doing a little bit uh, now. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, Dwight Howard. But the the Lakers of old were just a 
suction vacuum for shitty basketball. Yeah, at one point they were. And then LeBron the comes and it just changes. Yeah, he could have went to the Knicks. He said, he said New York or L.A. Um, but I want to talk to Al about the D'Lo rumors. He's a Warriors fan. I'm unfortunately a thriving Knicks fan. Unfortunately is the correct term there. Um, D'Lo is on the block. Uh, there is an offer made from the Knicks. It's, it contains Bobby Portis. Kevin Knox, French Prince Frank Nokia, and you can't slide uh, in there. You can't Alonzo, slide that in. Alonzo Trina second round pick. That's an awful trade. DeAndre Russell. That's a brutal trade. <laughs> I like no. Okay, here's here is the only. Okay, like, I think I like, think I understand where you would say that's a terrible trade. Bobby Portis, I mean, he's a stud though. Yeah, no, I mean, all these like guys are they're, they're not too. very good, but if Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Potentially James Wiseman. I mean, I want my little ball. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, potentially James Wiseman. And then we'll have my boy Kevon Looney out there. I mean, if those guys are coming off the bench and trade for D'Lo, if they get deep, I mean, Steve Kerr is an elite coach. Those people coming off the bench could be good. Frank Nelkina, defense off the bench for Curry. That's not bad. That's what Sean Livingston basically was. He could just shoot mid-range jump shots all day long. Right. I think, you know, with that trade, I was talking to Sam about it earlier. That trade, it's not like those are going to be your, you know, starting five next year. No, you're getting Curry and Clay, they're the best shooting duo ever. Absolutely. You're getting Draymond Green, hopefully, the, boy, baby. hopefully the Monstars take, give him back his powers because he's ass. No, he's not. He's, he's, he's a he's, great team player. I mean, you obviously need to be put people be in front of him to play, but Draymond's a baller. Let's, let's be real. He's someone that you want on your team at the end of the day. He's a three-time NBA champion. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. He want, wants a little. He's no. He's he's obviously better than Lonzo Ball. No. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. See, this is the hypocrisy of Alex Arizola here because he's calling Draymond Green a baller and a great player for a team. But then Lonzo Ball does almost the same exact thing just at the guard position with better stats and a better shooter and a better offensive player, and he's going to call him a shitty basketball player. It's a guard-heavy league. Guards should be scoring close to 20 points a game at least. He could if he wanted to. No, he can't. Yes, he's That's the, his problem. He's the fourth option on the team. He's a power forward. At the same, he's the same. He's also a fourth option. Draymond Green's still the second option a, right now. A 6'8 power forward who's undersized and is a deep boy. Draymond Green's the second option on the Lando team. He sucks. He averages no, 10 points a game. No ac- Draymond Green has accolades to his career. Because he's been in the league for 10 years. No, he hasn't. Just about. He played four in Michigan State. So it's definitely not been. How many come in? 2014 when, around that time? He's an animal out there. Dude, he sucks. No, no. I was on the Draymond Green train when he was on the 73-9 and nine Warriors winning Depoy and shooting 40% from three. He's an atrocious basketball player right now. He and is get, a, get the fuck out of here with this shit that he's better than Lonzo Ball. That's an atrocity to human life. I mean, Lonzo Ball, they're pretty close. They're for sure close. I mean, back to this D'Lo trade, though. I'm not... It's not an eye-popping trade for a Warriors fan, but... Honestly, coming off the bench to make the bench deeper. Then they got these people that have been playing all year. I mean, these G League guys like Damian Lee, like Glenn Robinson. They come off the bench too. Potentially, they'll be a deep team, and they're my contender for the 2021 NBA championship. Uh, the Warriors are going to be actually unreal if they end up landing James Wiseman. But the problem they'll still face that they faced their whole entire franchise, except for a couple of years when Kevin Durant was there, 
they will not have a win. But Andre Iguodala, he, he's been there. He won a Finals MVP. I mean, obviously, he did win a Finals MVP. In but Andre Iguodala is is a proven player. He's a proven player, but if I'm gonna, I mean, if I'm Sam, where is he? Top top what all time? Who? Andre Iguodala. I mean, that's that's hard. Maybe probably top twenty five, but. I mean, small he board. embraced. Oh, he okay. Oh, okay. for small oh, ass. Oh. I had a heart attack. You got to clarify that really quick. Top 25 player of all time. I mean, Sam's not doing that. He embraced drugs right now. He embraced that six-man role. Um, he was obviously like an all-star before, but I don't think he ever reached the height of some of the other players. But I think in the role he was in, I don't think anyone else could have played better. Nobody can play that role better. Nobody can play a defending wing that can pass the ball, hit threes when need be. In Oracle Arena, I'm telling you guys, I, he doesn't miss. He, he doesn't, doesn't take a lot of money. He doesn't take a lot of money. He's a pay cut guy. He, he's a baller. I mean, Andre Godala was a great wing. Right, but like, and even if they don't have that, Curry and Clay will outshoot anybody in their mind. They anybody. will. They will obviously pick somebody. They're outshooting. But okay, they're hitting close to. 15 to 23 is a game when they're splash pro-esque. Like, their team can be so good next year if they take this trade. Wiseman's going to – I mean, he's just – If they take Wiseman, he, he is going to be a great player. He doesn't even play for him. He sits at home and plays basketball. He's just waiting to play for the Warriors. Yeah, I know. He's going to be a great player, but I think if they do that trade, you now get even worse than you are now, so you're solidifying a top three pick. And on top of that, you're getting. I mean, I'd rather have at least Kevin Knox. I mean, at least Kevin Knox. I think he's a bad guy. It's be easy, really. What what is that honestly doing for the Knicks, though, that trade? What is that trade even? Who is it helping? It helps. I mean, it helps in terms of getting deep. But what is is Devo really going to do for the Knicks? I mean, do you see what it does for the Warriors when he has nobody around them? Well, think about that. I mean, the Knicks have a better supporting cast. I mean, they don't have G League players. They have. Terrible players like Julius Randle, who they pay millions and millions of dollars. That's, I'd probably make a whole entire episode segment on Julius Randle. There is a serious problem with him playing basketball. It's it's bad. It's actually bad. I mean, yeah. I the next what what is D'Lo gonna do? So two more wins. Oh, all right, chill. Not two more. I mean, that's my boy. But okay. So with D'Lo, it at least gives like. At least gives the Knicks fans some of those at least like a rising star on their team, and it'll maybe attract some free agents. I know James Dolan is sucks; like he is horrible. If he does not sell the team, we will not be good ever. Like it's just how it's going to be. James Dolan is a terrible coach, terrible owner. He's terrible. He's a terrible person. I just don't see D'Lo being worth all of that. I think it's actually a lose lose trade. I think it's gonna be one of the win. first of its kind. So the lineup, the lineup as next year, if we still keep our first round pick, it would be D'Lo at the one. It would be we we could take Anthony Edwards. We could take Anthony Edwards or Lamelo Ball. That's probably like who the two players you know they would you know target the thing. If we end up getting D'Lo, then we can take Anthony Edwards. It'd be D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, R.J. Barrett, uh, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Now, obviously, they're not like that's not the best lineup I've ever seen, but like that's a start for the Knicks. Like they need to start somewhere, and it belongs with getting someone who is like capable of being a star, and especially in the spotlight in New York because he's already done it with the Knicks. See, I like D'Lo, but I don't think he's a winning basketball player. He'll give you eighteen or twenty points a game and like seven assists, but he's never going to be the player that's going to unless he's the second or third option. He took the Knicks Nets to the playoffs last year, and they got beat. 
They played well against Philadelphia. Because the Sixers suck. Oh, my goodness. You just hurt yourself there. No, I didn't. They yes, played they well. They played well. well. That's a tough matchup. Like, I'm telling you, Philadelphia is a good team. That's a good team. I mean, I hope they can Obviously, beat the D-Lo led Nets. Yeah, but D-Lo led them to the playoffs. That's what was a, their record? 500? They barely made the playoffs. It's the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the but they, be in there too. they barely made the playoffs as a 500 team. Like I said, he's not a winning player. He's not going to get you over the hump. How much better is that Nets team than what the Knicks are right now? What? Without D-Lo. If you put D-Lo on the Knicks right now. How much better is that? The last year had Jared Allen, Spencer Didwitty, Joe Harris. Love my Knicks and all, but like they got the two players that were supposed to be rumored to come to us, KD and Kyrie. We won't know how KD is obviously until next year, coming off that Achilles injury, which does ruin a lot of players' careers. But but they're gonna be they're gonna be better than like they're gonna be better than Knicks. That's how it is. Oh, for sure. I'm not talking about with KD and Kyrie. I'm talking about the team that the eight seed from last year, and that's like Kevin Durant's a baller. Next year he's gonna come back from the Achilles injury, gonna prove everybody wrong. He's gonna show people that he's just as good as LeBron. And he can win in the East. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. I don't think Kevin Durant will be able to get past something like this Giannis team. Or okay, maybe not Giannis. But it'll be soon. I don't know. I just soon. think that Nets team is... There's something up with Kyrie. He can't, yeah, I don't he can't like, control himself. I'm not himself. into the Kyrie thing. That scoring duo, though, if he can come back to even... I mean, if that full potential, you don't think they could win. Well, full potential. They, won't, not, they won't be full potential because of the Achilles, but... I, yeah, I, I think, think it's Kevin good. Durant. He can score in any way. I don't think the Achilles... I think the way he can score the basketball. I, I mean, Achilles ended up, you know, ruining Kobe's injury. Rest in peace, Kobe. By the way. You know, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Kobe. We didn't say that, you know. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, for real. <laughs> rest yeah, in peace, Kobe. Great player, obviously, you know, big influence in the game. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think with the Nets, with the Nets and how they, you know, how they're figuring everything out right now. I mean, think about it. Kyrie's not much of a winner outside of what LeBron has carried him to. He wasn't a winner before. Wasn't a winner before. That, struggled after. With those Cavs teams. teams were those Cavs teams were horrible without LeBron. LeBron comes, they go to a Finals four straight years. Then Kyrie leaves, thinks he can handle team, goes to the being terrible players of Boston, and they end up getting blasted in five by the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't. I don't think you know. I obviously Kyrie's a well, obviously Kyrie's hell of a better player than D'Lo. You know D'Lo. He might be able to get to carry one day, but I mean, not not likely. But yeah, they're not gonna do as much. They're not gonna they're not gonna win as much as the eighth team. They they're they're both probably gonna lose in the first round. Kyrie can't control himself. That Nets team is not loaded enough to do anything in the playoffs. I don't even think they're in the playoff race at the moment. I think they're uh, yeah. they're seven seed. They're in the seven seed. Oh, they're getting lucky, but. Uh, I mean the the after the after the sixty uh, in the five, east. Yeah, they're they're five games under five hundred. They're tied with the Magic for seventh. It's the, a shit show in the it's east. It's a after six. shit show in the east. I think the Pacers. The Pacers are at five with no D. Law thirty one fourteen. He's yeah. back. He's he back, just got back. The Sixers though is a six seed. They're underwhelming this year. I mean, no one would have thought they would have been this like underachieving. Behind teams like the Heat, the Raptors, the Pacers. I mean, you would accept that the Sixers would be the two seed. Well, of course, but they ended up paying Al Horford all that money. I don't know why they'd give Al Horford all that money. Because they needed money to give it to someone. They were expecting to get Jimmy back. Jimmy said, I'm out of here. I want to just. I don't like playing with the Sixers. The Sixers fans trashed him, and he went to a team that was better. Right, so at that point, why don't you go out and why don't you grab someone – 
you know, to help out Tobias Harris, who's the, you know, the leading offensive player on that team right now. Yeah, but I don't think there's a better player out there to sign other than Al Horford. They had money to spend, and they spent it. Just four years, $120 million on 31-year-old Al Horford or 32-year-old No, I understand where you're coming from. And he's declining this year. That's the biggest problem. Now they have cap problems along with the inefficient shooting of that team. Josh Richardson, you know, that looked like a great trade piece at the time. It looked like they could space the floor, then he could flourish. Be he's all, he's always been over. Two option. Yeah, he's he's, he's always been over. He's not that good this year. I maybe he can get better, but you know, that's the biggest struggle with the Sixers. That's why they, I think teams figured it out. They can't shoot, so what's the point of you know guarding them out there if they're not going to shoot the ball? Yeah, that's fair. And we're going to wrap up today's show. I mean, it was a blast with our first show with Alec, Jeff, Sam, and myself, Nick. Uh, we're going to have a tape one right after the trade deadline Thursday at 4, so we'll have another one coming out for you guys soon. Make sure to stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Gardo Sports Talk. Make sure to be ready for the next podcast coming out soon. Thanks for listening. See you later, guys.